The White House executive order on cybersecurity is officially one year old. Its birthday was last Thursday. Mark Rawls is president and COO of Invicti Security. Mark, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program. What do you see one year out from the executive order? What kind of progress are agencies making? What kind of supporting documentation is out there that you think is helpful? Any of that? Welcome, Mark. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Francis. Really happy to, to be on the program today and uh, a big fan of what you guys do at Daily Scoop. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of progress, and I think this is something that's been long overdue. I think a lot of folks within the industry were hoping for a long time, I mean, measured in, in years, not months, right, that we would see a level of seriousness from the government um, around um, you know, security in general, zero trust, also web application security. And so what the Biden administration published a year ago, we, we really cheered that on, not just that it's, it's good for us as a business, it's also good for us as individuals, right? My data, your data, my parents' data, my friends' data. I mean, all, all of that flows through one government entity or another. And anything that we're doing to get those, you know, that data more secure is just it's just good for all of us. Um, so, so we really turned that on. We've seen some good progress, but like you know, government agencies, um, you know, they move at a certain pace. There's a lot that they need to do to diligence any solutions that they're going to bring in changes they're going to make. All of that's very natural, very healthy, um, but we've definitely seen a lot of, of real positive movement. And, and I think that's very encouraging. You know, in terms of, of documentation, you know, obviously the NIST, you know, standards um, have been very important, you know, as well at, you know, so, so NIST, you know, 800.53, as I'm sure, you know, your audience is really familiar with, you know, the OMB memo um, that, that came out is, is also very relevant here. Um, but at the end of the day, what it, what it really points to is, the government has to get organized and change processes, change systems, hire the right folks so that we can so that we can get more secure because because the attacks are, are coming, you know, and they have been. And so we, we really need the government to catch up. You said there's some good progress and you emphasize the word some. How much of the the whatever lack of progress there is, do you think is just the natural cadence of an agency doing what an agency does? And how much of it is that diligence that you mentioned a moment ago? And how much of it might be some other challenge that an organization finds itself up against? Yeah, I I think a lot of the delays that we see are, you know, these entities are large organizations. And and I would argue, actually, with many of actually the commercial clients that we support, whether these are large financial institutions, healthcare, technology, you know, be, be it as it may, even when they get a board directive around becoming more secure, it still takes time. It takes time to research. It takes time to organize. And so I think a lot of what we're seeing is, is very natural. What's, what continues to be alarming, though, so we did a report recently we call the Invicti AppSec Indicator. And what we did is we looked at our own data of our customers scanning their applications and then broke that down by industry. One of the things that we saw is that if you looked across all, all of our customers, and, and by the way, we're growing rapidly, so we have a lot of new customers who are scanning for the first time. If you look across all, what we see is an average of 21% of organizations find at least one SQL injection vulnerability, right? And SQL injection, this isn't this isn't cutting edge, right? These are, are this is this is you know 20 plus years we've been thinking SQL injection will be stamped out, you know, next year, and and here we are 20 years later, it's still there. Um, 21% within, within our data sample as a whole, but within government organizations, it was 32%. And so there is a much higher degree of risk there. And again, we're just talking SQL injection. We could, you know, in, in other areas, you see, you see you know, some, some even more alarming stats. 
Um, but that shows that, that the size of the gap in the government is larger. And so we actually need to see a higher level of urgency. You piqued my interest there when you referenced the financial services industry clients that you have, because agency CIOs have told me over and over again, when I say, who do you look to for maybe as a model for what you want to achieve? I get financial services sector as a response to that question an awful lot, Mark. And I wonder what that sector in particular might have in the context of all the things we've talked about, cyber EO, zero trust memo, and so on. What might that sector have to instruct federal CIOs, federal CISOs, CTOs, et cetera, about where they should go and maybe not even tactically, but strategically what they should be thinking about? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I think one of the really interesting parallels that we see, and this is probably driving some of what you hear, is that both with large you know, global top 10 banks, as an example, if you look at their you know, IT and cybersecurity at, you know, landscape and attack surface, it, it resembles the government in some key ways. And one of those big ways is that they've got a really long tail of legacy, you know, legacy, uh, you know, hardware, legacy software in our, what we see as legacy applications. And so they will have, you know, ancient applications that they still rely upon, as well as, you know, brand new cutting edge applications. Um, I actually um, in the in the kind of responsible party for one of our corporate credit cards, and I had to go through some process the other day because there had been a security hold on it through you know some normal travel purchases, and and as I clicked through the workflow, all of a sudden I hit this web page that I kid you not, it looked like it had been you know, like you know coded in a Microsoft front page right by some junior in college back when I was in college in the late nineties. Um, I mean, that, that's really what it looked like. And so applications like that are still in the workflow for, for large finance. And again, this was a, a global top five bank, right, as it is for the government. So I think there are those parallels and they're facing similar challenges. They have just this sprawling infrastructure and they also they don't know what they don't know. They don't know everything they have. Right. If you went to the, you know, the CISO of this of this bank and pointed him to this Web page, I bet he or she wouldn't be aware that this Web page even exists or that they're still reliant on what is clearly such such, you know, was was written so long ago. And and so I think it's a uh, and so I think there's a lot of parallels there. And at the end of the day, they also both face the same challenge of there are never going to be enough people. And so you need a lot. You need you know, robust tools that give you the ability to discover because you don't know everything you have. You need automation because you just don't have enough people and you need that complete coverage that, look, some ancient application coded in COBOL, like you still got to scan it and secure it because that's still an entry point, right? And, you know, just like government agencies are, are behind the curve a little bit or, or catching up when it comes to application security, they're in the same boat on zero trust. And so if a bad actor gets in through an application, even if it's a... A, a legacy Fortran application, you know, without zero trust in place, which which most agencies aren't going to have, you know, that's still a huge risk as someone can traverse the network, um, you know, and escalate privilege and, and so on. And so, so again, I, I think that's a really good parallel. It's really interesting that you say that um, because again, we see a lot when we talk to customers. We have very similar conversations. That front page coded website, which I wrote a few of, by the way, uh, in like um, the nineteen nineties. Um, me as well. Yeah. yeah, and when you think about that as an entry point, the way you just explained it, Mark. It really, I think, calls attention to the landscape that somebody in the federal government has to think about, because those things probably exist in the federal government, too. 
and yet Absolutely. also constantly developing new software applications. What's the security process look like to do? Because you got to do both. You know, it's it's you do. So you do. what does that look like? You do, and, and and this is this is also this speaks also to a lot of the challenge that I think these organizations, you know, that the government organizations and agencies face, is that a lot of the tools that they've relied on historically, right? So if you think about the the big uh, you know uh, software vendors, you know, the IBMs, et cetera, of the world that have long supplied great products and tools, phenomenal products and tools to the government, a lot of those have not continued to see the development to be able to handle modern applications. What they do very well is the legacy. And then there's a ton of, of you know, money and investment and venture capital interest and everything pouring into the space you know, where we are in application security. But again, that's all focused on the cutting edge, right? And on, on scanning and securing cutting edge applications, you have very few vendors that, that are capable of doing both. And, and that's where I think government agencies have been really frustrated of, of how do you find one solution you know, I don't, I don't want to plug in Victi too, too much or too strenuously, but that's been part of, of our benefit. You know, we've been in application security since 2005, you know, essentially since web applications were a thing. And yet, you know, we, we continue to pour, you know, huge resources and investment into staying up to date on cutting edge applications, you know, modern um, authentication frameworks, which is a, a really big challenge when scanning applications at scale, which you need to do with government agencies. And, and so you really need that, that toolkit for your internal teams that handles the legacy and that handles the the modern. Um, and so that's that's one of those conversations that we have a lot of. And a lot of what we end up you know doing as we go through proof of concept trials is showing that ability that yes, we can scan this kind of um, uh, you know you know antiquated but still very useful and important piece of code as well as you know what what the you know the modern latest and greatest that everyone's excited about. Mark Rawls of Invicti Security. Appreciate you being on the program today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Francis.